How's it going, everybody? This is me again, Chewy, the host for the podcast titled Expert in the Midpoint of Legends. And I want to welcome you guys back and announce once again that I am joined by my good friend Monica. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you look happy today, Monica. Yeah, I feel good. I got some uh, hot Cheetos up in front of me. All they need is cheese, but I didn't have time to make cheese. And then I got some uh, Monica sized bag of peanut M&M's <laughs> sharing sites but I don't share so yeah yeah life is good <laughs> well I don't have snacks <laughs> in front of me but I did have a nice dinner I had some fried fish and rice and salad Ooh, like you made it or from like a restaurant no I didn't make it my mom made it so I was spoiled today <laughs> mm -hmm. that's nice yeah it's nice to be spoiled every now and then. I think I, I deserve it. <laughs> you work very hard, for yes. sure. <laughs> I, I ate a burger from McDonald's, and I, I, I never get the the Quarter Pounders. I should have gotten a Big Mac, because that's what I always get. I, I'm not a, a McDonald's customer, so I don't really know any other... Perdón! <laughs> I don't eat in such lonely establishments, my friend. Ah, no, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I needed to go to the drive-thru somewhere that was the closest place and I was really hungry. I did not want to cook. Anyway, I got a quarter pounder with bacon and I bit into it and immediately regretted it because I was like, ugh, it's not that great. I paid $11 for that meal and it was not worth $11. I expected a bigger burger. I think it got screwed over. Um, I should have gotten the Big Mac or some nuggets, you know? But I messed up. I mean, I will give them credit. I'm, like I said, I was, uh, I'm was i not uh, an avid McDonald's fan, but I do like their nuggets and I do like their breakfast biscuits without egg. I'm not a fan of, of egg in any presentation, really. I, I can't eat an omelet. I, I won't be able to eat it. I mean, egg? I, yeah, I'll be able to eat egg if it's covering something, like maybe French toast, if anything, or like chile rellenos, you know, when they put the egg in the, the batter. Oh, and, yeah. I love chile rellenos. Or like, best. And, and like in fried fish, where like, the way my mom makes it is she makes a batter with egg and flour and whatever and she like coats it and just fries it and that's bomb. But yeah. Uh -huh. Like me eating like eggs sunny side up or not. Uh, uh, no, sorry, not gonna happen. I put egg on salads. I put egg in my tuna salad. I put egg in like papas and chorizo, amon, chilaquiles. Like I, I love egg, dude. I, I'll eat a boiled egg with mayonnaise for a snack. Or with some hummus, you know, like just like spread some hummus on it, take a bite, put some more hummus, take a bite. It's the best. Um, okay, guys, I was. <laughs> You're just gonna be like, uh, why are we friends? <laughs> that will be the perfect example, my friend, of the saying, nobody's perfect. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> because you're awesome in, in most circumstances, but right now I'm like, why is she talking about eating eggs? It's gross. Yeah, I'm really? Egg is like, <laughs> like a deal breaker? What the fuck? <laughs> it's just egg. It's a chicken period. Like, well, you know? I don't like even think about it like that. It's just the flavor and the smell of it. Like, I, I, a long time ago, I dated this girl and she wanted. She was nice enough to make me breakfast, and I was like, uh, no, thank you. Like, I don't like eggs. Damn, and, that's so weird. I don't think I've ever met anybody who doesn't like eggs. I mean, well, now I know, now you, obviously, like, yeah. now, now I know I do know somebody who doesn't like eggs. I have friends who don't like ketchup, but will eat tomatoes, and friends who don't like tomatoes, but will eat ketchup. I mean, people are People strange. are weird. 
Yeah, people are strange. Yeah. And, <laughs> now, I mean, this has nothing to do with the, the, the topic of today's episode, but uh, that's okay. Really <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, two friends catching up over a podcast, and that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> so before we we do go into the topic of the episode, my friend, let's go ahead and remind the audience of her social media accounts. Let's go ahead and tell them that we have a Facebook under Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends, and we have our Instagram under Myths Behind LGDS. Our Twitter is Myths Behind LGDS, and you can also email us at MythsBehindLegends at gmail.com. Okay, and we have our letterbox, which is also under Myths Behind LGDS, and letterbox is, for the uninitiated, a sort of movie review blog page type of thing where you can follow people and you can share lists of movies that you like, reviews, you can make lists of movies you don't like and, and kind of talk about those with people that follow you, etc. Uh, we do have a watch list under it in which we have movies that we're planning or looking into doing maybe in the future, so if you want to have an idea or maybe pick one out for us, I mean, that's cool too. If you want to suggest something that we don't have in there, you can do that as well. So, yeah. Uh, again, that's under Myths, behind LGDS and Letterbox, And we have uh, Monica's favorite time of the entire episode. Yes! Our official website slash URL, which is under Myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot mailchimpsites.com Yes! <laughs> And we do like a little, a little head dance, kind of like the... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One day we'll get video and you guys will see what we do. Yeah, it, it's the next big, big thing. I don't know. It's going to just shatter uh, <laughs> records, expectations. I mean, everyone's going to want to do the step and then the next time they're clubbing, you know, and it's just totally bomb. Ah. <laughs> Whoa, you're, yeah. you're really dreaming there. <laughs> well, I, I am drinking vodka tonight, so maybe that's why I'm... Ah. You're a little extra um, hopeful, excited, pumped up. Vodka is my jam, my friend. Vodka with soda and lime. And by the way, I'm drinking that out of our trusty EMBO cup. Nice. Uh, <laughs> which we do have for sale, <laughs> by the way. In case anybody, anybody wants to buy some, you can go ahead and email us, DM us, etc. And we can make that happen for you. So, Monica, what is our topic for today's episode? Today, we're talking about... Insidious. <laughs> yeah, you, and you know, it had been a while since I had seen it, and I, I honestly completely forgot how the whole movie went. I thought it was different, and then I recognized that the guy, the dad. I thought that these all these movies were connected with like The Conjuring and all those movies. Oh, okay, <laughs> I can see why. But yeah, that that was a little trippy at the beginning. And I was like, I was trying to remember if they were connected or not. Um, because I don't know why I thought that this one was the one that had the the nun lady uh, oh, haunting okay. the house. Or something. Yeah, so well, I was expecting the nun, and then I saw the lady with the veil, and I'm like, oh, this is a different one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not creepy, though. It was good. All right, so we'll get into the actual critique of Insidious in our next segment, so stick around for that, and we'll be right back, guys. Okay, Monica, so 
going back to your comments a couple minutes ago where you mentioned that you confused these movies and you thought they were part of the Conjuring verse. I understand uh -huh. that because it's the same actor. The same actor that plays the dad in this yeah. movie is the one that plays the Warren guy in The Conjuring. Yes. And the nun lady does have some, I guess, visual similarities with the one of, one of the ghosts in this movie. So, I mean, I actually saw this movie in the theater when it came out. And uh -huh. I think I was dating that girl that I mentioned with the eggs, <laughs> actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess that's why she, this, she came into my mind because I remember watching this movie with her in the theaters. And that's hilarious. <laughs> it had been the first time in a good amount of time that I had seen a movie that actually it didn't scare me, but I was like, oh, what's like excited? I, actually, I was looking forward to what was kind of like I was at the edge of my seat basically. Damn. So, this movie came out back in like 2010, I think 2011 maybe. Was this before or after The Conjuring? I'm not sure. I think it was a little bit before. Oh, okay. I think I'm not. I'm, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't look that up, but I think it's a little bit before. And. I really liked this movie. I, I liked it. I mm -hmm. enjoyed it. I liked the story. I liked the acting. I liked the concept of it. It's a little bit yeah. different. Instead of a haunted house, it's a haunted person, so to speak. And they're astral projecting. Like it's not even like, it's it's weird. It's a it's a it's a different yeah. yeah Inter very interesting concept for and sure. And actually, we're gonna talk about astral projection in our academic segment today, my friend. So stick around for that mm -hmm. if you're into that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I liked the movie, I enjoyed it, I liked, again, the story, everything. I do think there are some things that didn't age too well, but overall, I think it's a good experience. Like what? Some of the visuals of the ghosts themselves, like, the way they acted, they, they kind of just, like, sit still, and then they kind of, like, smile at you, and it's like, okay, that's a little creepy, but it's not, oh, like... Oh, okay, yeah. And to me, like, one of the scenes in, in particular that I didn't... I, I guess because I was already expecting, because I knew what was going to happen is mm -hmm. when they move out of the first house into the second house and it's like broad daylight and the little kid ghost is like walking around and like laughing at her and everything yeah at one point that little ghost thing jumps out of a of a of a dresser closet yeah or a yeah. closet or something and the first time that i saw it i was like oh crap like what is this like you know i was actually like not uh -huh. well, I, I was scared i mean like jump scared yeah but now it's like it's just a little boy in a like school boy it's suit. not though it's like a man like a small man. Uh -huh. It's not a kid. The face is weird. And I forgot that this is where that freaking song is from. Da -da, da -da -da -da, oh, yeah. Da -da -da. The tulips, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recently thought, like, heard it on a TikTok. Some guys were freaking singing it. And I was like, oh, why is this such a weird song? I was like, I've heard it before. It's so, so creepy. I, I forgot it was from Insidious. I knew it was from a, like from a weird movie, but I just didn't remember which one. And but like he he's like there dancing or whatever, and then like when he goes in there, when he pops out, he like because when you see him from far away standing by the clock, he looks like a kid because mm -hmm. you can't really see his face. But then when he pops out, you can see his face a little clear, and it's like a man, it's uh -huh. like a creepy looking guy. But yeah, that thing was that. See, it's been so long since I've seen it that I actually did get scared. I was like, whoa! When you saw the boots, I thought she was gonna open the the thing. And he's gonna be there smiling at her and then like run. I didn't expect them to come out of the armoire or whatever that thing was, the dresser thing. So I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> there, that was startling. I mean, I guess I'm just being nitpicky. I mean, because I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this, this movie specifically, the, the first mm -hmm. one. The sequel's not so much, but I mean, uh, you know, we're not talking about those today, but I do like this movie. And I wanted to ask you, do you think 
the first house is scarier or the second house is scarier? I think the second one for some reason. I don't like because either one's like bigger, but it looks more modern, I guess. Even though it's like the outside looks older, but the 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 other one you could tell it's a little older because of the tiles and the in the kitchen and like the attic. I don't think I would ever get a house with an attic. <laughs> really? They scare me, dude. I don't even have an of like a big attic in this house. But it doesn't have, like, you know how some attics, when you pull the string, the ladder comes down? Mm-hmm. Mine doesn't have that. There, I don't even think there's a string. But it's in my closet. That's creepy. Why isn't it in the hallway? Why does it have to be in my closet? What if somebody's up there and then, and then like, they come down while I'm asleep? You know, I don't, I, I don't lock my closet door. I don't know. This is, like, really unnerving. When I first moved in here, I was like, why doesn't the attic open? Like regular addicts do, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like I have a, a stepladder, but it's too short because the ceiling's really high, so I can't. And you have to actually push the the little square up or down or I don't know whatever, right? So I, I haven't. I don't even know what's up there. I've never looked at it because I don't have a ladder that's tall enough. When my dad came over, I was like, "If you can reach it, check what's in there because just make sure that there's no fucking weird guy living in there and like." And remember in the beginning I would hear noises in the house and like weird things were like happening. So I'm like, dude, what if like somebody lives in my attic? <laughs> Attics have like a bad connotation to them. That's always where, the, where all the creepy stuff happens, where they hide bodies and like where there's rats. Hate <laughs> 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 rats. <laughs> I don't know. I guess because I'm a horror fan, I actually would like to live in a place like that, like the first house where they have like. Two or three stories, and then they have an attic. I mean, I, I've always liked houses like that. Well, I like that. I just don't like the attic part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the house that I grew up in when I moved here, I moved in with, with my aunt and my dad's family. Mm-hmm. They had a second floor, but it's only one room. Uh, so a okay. bedroom. it's a bedroom upstairs in the second floor. And then they also had an attic space. And that place was always uh-huh. really hot because that's where the water heater was. Yeah. And it had no insulation whatsoever, so it was really hot. But I always felt something was there. I don't know why. How did you access the attic? Was it like... It was a door. It was like a door. It was a room. On the side of the wall? Yeah. Dude, my cousin had the same one. And one time, like, one of... I don't know who hid in there. And, like, he was, like, scared because he said that he heard things in there. There were probably rats or something. But, like, he heard stuff, right? He was always scared of the attic. One time he went in there like to explore we were, and he's like, look, it's like this. And then one of my cousins closed the door on him so that he couldn't get out. And he got really scared. So ever since then, he was traumatized. It was such a creepy thing because it's like it's a tiny door big enough for a small person, you know, and like you open it and it's just pitch black in there and it's hot. In my aunt's house, it was a regular door, like a regular sized door. like to a, to Oh, a really? Yeah. That's even worse somehow. I don't I'll share some stories that, that happened to me in the house. I mean, it wasn't anything too, too crazy, but a couple of creepy things did happen to me there, but that's I'll save those for a different episode. But, okay. uh, yeah, I would definitely like to live in a house like that. I don't know, maybe it's just me being a horror buff here. But I wanted to also mention, give a shout-out to the investigative team, the two guys and uh, Elise, the psychic, or medium, or whatever you want to call her. Oh, yeah. I think they're they're pretty cool. They're they're fun. I mean, there's a little weird dynamic between the two guys that where they kind of like uh-huh. try to one up each other. And I guess it's it's yeah. for comedic effect, but it's not 
like over the top and like in some movies like mm -hmm. this they make the decision to make some characters like try too hard to be funny and that kind of kills it yeah and this one's a little bit more subtle so it's, it's not terrible and i like them you know the, the guys like oh i make my own equipment because i'm a genius whatever and they're guys yeah. like because it's, it's a modified toy <laughs> yeah i like them i like elise also uh, the part where she wore a gas mask so that was kind of weird like i was like the hell is this like an snm show at <laughs> like... i guess it was to isolate her senses so that she can actually pay attention to what she was hearing which mm -hmm. i mean makes sense but it still looked really creepy <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why I thought the tube was gonna be connected to an oxygen tank and it was connected to the guy's headphones. Yeah, I know that was that that was like what the hell's going on? Like so yeah. that, was, that was a little weird for me, but I mean, I, I, you know, I, I liked their their take on this whole thing. And yeah. In other movies in the in the what do you call it in the series, I guess in the franchise. Mm-hmm. Other movies in the franchise, they explain some of that stuff and they explain like you know the whole relationship between Elise and and the guy's family and everything. Uh, like I said, I'm not a big fan. I, I like part two, but part three and four I don't really like too much. Dude, I don't even remember them. I and I know I know I saw the second one, but I don't remember the third or the fourth one. I'm pretty sure I watched them, but I don't remember them. So I was actually thinking about watching all of them today or like another day, because I I want to know how it ends. I mean, I would say just watch part two and then just call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the acting? It was good, and I love Rose Byrne, like the the one who played the mom. I don't know if this was one of her first roles or something because like, I feel like she didn't put enough emotion in some scenes, and I just kind of was like very like flat. But other than that, everything else was. Oh, and then the 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 scene where they're like, where the dad is in, what's his name, Dalton's room, and he's like talking to him, but he's like in his coma, right? And then he goes over to the little wall where he has all his drawings, and he like, he's like, <laughs> like crying, right? Yeah. But it's it's so like forced. And then, you know, Rose comes in, and then he's like, okay, like, let's call her. That one was a little like dissatisfying, I guess, in a sense. That scene. He conveyed what you were supposed to like feel, or well. You were supposed to know what was going to happen next, but it was a little flat, I guess. There's, there was a little little spots like that in the movie that I was just like, uh, what the hell? <laughs> it's a little empty. I agree with you. I think that's part of the, the... When I said earlier that some things didn't hold up really well, I think that's one of the scenes that I was like, okay, okay. Uh, that's it. <laughs> and, and I'm going to say that I also love Rose Byrne, period. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's... She's a good actress. She's a good actress. I mean, she's... She is. She's so pretty. She's she so cute. She is a beautiful woman. Yes, I agree. I I think this might, might have been one of her first major breakthrough roles. I don't know if she was an actress, like, how long she's been an actress for, rather. Yeah. But this is the first time that I remember her seeing her in a movie, like, in a, in a major role, I think. I forgot uh, she was in this movie. I was yeah. like, what? I think she did a pretty good job. I mean, there, yeah, like, anything, there's little moments where the movie kind of, like, lulls a little bit and goes down, like, in that scene, yeah. specifically. But, uh, yeah, dude, I think she is Bay. Yeah, she is. She's my crush too for this movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. I wanted to ask you, what do you think of the further, the place where the spirits live or wander? Obviously, I wouldn't want to be caught in there, but um, I like that it was in the house. 
So when he went in, he astral projected. Everything was taking place in the house, right? Like, I thought it was really cool where the kid is at, like where he's stuck. Yeah. Because the the creepy dude with the fire face has him trapped in there. He kind of reminded me of the guy from Jeepers Creepers when he's filing his nails uh-huh. and he's listening to that creepy song because in Jeepers Creepers he was listening to a creepy song while mm-hmm. he was like. You know, taking stuff off of people, making his face or whatever. But that, I thought that was pretty cool. And then the room was like intense. It looked like it was literally in hell, <laughs> like the communal hall of hell, where everybody goes and chills. <laughs> yeah, kind of like the student union. Um... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of hell. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that, that was pretty cool. I, I like how they um, set the whole thing up. Like it was. So I started getting anxiety when, and if you guys can hear that, that's my dog snoring. So just, you know, ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the insane oh, no, spirits. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not being haunted. It's just my dog snores really loud. <laughs> the one point where like he's returning, right? They're like trying to get back to the house to like the other plane of existence. And he goes into that closet room and it's just empty. Like, like it's pitch black. Dude, that's so scary. Cause I was like, Im- imagine, like that's that's one of my worst fears, going somewhere and just being like pitch black to where you don't know where to go, and you just keep getting deeper and deeper into your lost thing, you know, like and you can never escape. Like that's so like the darkness, is just like you're being engulfed by it. That's so scary. There's this thing, and I don't know what it's called or, or what the I don't know if it's a creep- creepypasta or something like that, where. People say that sometimes you dream about a place where the deeper you go, the darker it it gets and the harder it is for you to get out of. Yeah. I think we might have mentioned this in one of our previous episodes, but I can't remember for sure. Yeah, it's the one about the elevator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, elevator game. It's not precisely that, but it's... uh, uh, Similar. It's similar to that, yeah. So uh, I I guess uh, I can look into that and maybe report back to you on that because I forgot or I don't have the details specifically right now. But yeah, now... I would compare this, well, go, just first of all, the the movie itself, I think it's got little homages to other horror franchises here and there. Uh-huh. For example, the guy, that scene specifically where he's listening to a song, it's straight up, I think, from Jeepers Creepers, like a, like a tribute thing to that. Mm-hmm. And then also he's got like, like blades in his fingers, so that's like a tribute to Freddy Krueger. Oh, yeah, that's and, true. And the fact that he kind of takes people not in their sleep, but they're not awake. So it's kind of like a similar thing here and there. Uh-huh. And there's other things. Like, there's little musical parts in the score that kind of sound like theme songs from other movies. So I need to see and actually look. And I should have done this for this episode. <laughs> but <laughs> I had so many things going on this week. So many things. Uh, I was a busy man. I want to look into the specific details of... of if they meant for these things to be actual Easter eggs, or did they kind of just happened? Yeah. Yeah. I would compare the further to a place like the Upside Down in Stranger Things. Yeah. It's similar in the sense that it's like a weird, twisted version of of the real world. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's like weird creatures and things that want to kill you. <laughs> yeah, the grotesque side of our existence yeah and that show for sure stranger things is a tribute to things that came before the 80s yeah movie specifically i mean for sure mm-hmm. but i'm looking forward to season four of that by the way 
Dude, I can't wait. I I'm excited. I think it might too. be the last one, but I'm looking forward to it still because, you know, I, I've been waiting for too long. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, we know or we can look it up or whatever because there's sequels now to this movie, but what did you think happened in the end the first time you saw this movie? Watching it this time was like I was watching it for the first time again. I knew it wasn't going to be the dad going back to his body when he woke up because he was still talking with his old, you know, huntress or whatever you want to call her, his old ghost lady who was distracting him the entire time so that she can, you know, get into the body. He was still yelling at her. And then he just woke up. I was like, nah, he didn't make it back. Like he didn't because they would have showed it, you know, that he walked, he was running back to his body. He didn't. And the other lady disappeared kind of, you know, she was like drawing back while this guy was still yelling at her. So I knew it was going to be the, the creepy lady that was going to be in his body. You know, he was acting weird. So I was like, nah, he's like, well, they were talking possessed. about him going back to the place further. And he's like, oh man, I wish I had never, I will never have to go back there ever again. Cause you know, I'm done with this place whatever i wish i could forget everything again because they do explain that when he was a little kid he went through something similar mm -hmm. as to his son at least helped him suppress his memories and forget everything that ever happened to him but yeah subconsciously he still had that trauma of i don't want my picture taken ever because I, I they would always see that lady behind them in the pictures getting closer mm -hmm. and closer so they were talking about that and then that's when she takes the picture because she realizes it's not him anymore yeah, because when she handed him a paper, I don't know what she gave him, or the picture, um, she saw it, but obviously we didn't see it, the audience, that the hands were were weird, they were old, and obviously those are not his hands, so that's why she took the picture, and it was the lady, it wasn't actually the guy. I think, honestly, of course it wasn't going to happen, because this movie was, was good and successful, and it made money for them. Uh -huh. But I think they could have left this as a standalone movie and it would have been cool. Like yeah. That, like that, that cliffhanger ending where the guy is possessed by this uh -huh. spirit. And just have him like tell his wife, hey, I'm here with you. And just she turns around and she's like, <gasps> looks at the camera all scared. <laughs> like, what did she see that she was like? <sighs> what happens in the second movie, and I'm not going to spoil too much for people that haven't watched it. but And I haven't seen it in a long time. I think I've only seen it once because I didn't like it too much. Or I didn't mm -hmm. like it as much as this one, for, for, for example. He gets accused of murder, the husband. Uh-huh. But he gets released because the fingerprints on Elisa's neck don't match his. So the cops conclude that somebody else broke into the house and killed Elise, but it wasn't him or something like that. So, And then the movie, you know, develops with, with him trying to get rid of that spirit and, and, you know, stuff like that. So he knows that he's being possessed? Or somebody else is trying to get rid of the spirit for him. It's his wife, Rose. Oh, okay, okay. Like, mm -hmm. she, she knows that this guy is possessed, and uh, so she's trying to find a way to get rid of it. Oh, okay. And, of course, the spirit's trying to fight it. Right. So, overall, what's going to be your score for this movie as, as a whole? Uh, and the units for tonight are going to be parasitic spirits. Sweet. Um, I'm going to go with eight. An eight? Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with you. I was going to go a little lower. <laughs> but I was going to do seven and a half, but I'm going to go I'm gonna go to eight. Okay. Yes, I like this movie. I like it a lot. It's one of the, mm -hmm. again, like the movies that I, the first time in a long time that I had been to a theater and I have been 
so enthralled by the story and caught up in the story that I was like, wow, this is a really good movie. Where a lot of movies in modern times tend to rely on cheap jump scares and this and that. And, and this one was kind of like the perfect mix for me. It's a ghost story. It's like a haunted thing, you know, trope, whatever. But they have a, a paranormal, investigating, paranormal investigative team. Yeah, which they, is cool. Yeah, that's always cool in my book. I mean, those movies are always... Uh, some like I like watching those movies. I mean, I don't like all of them, of course, but yeah, that'll be uh, a movie that I will want to see because I, I'm into that kind of stuff. And at some point, my friend, I do want to do a investigation. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. Mm -hmm. So okay. So overall, this movie from both of us gets an eight out of ten. Parasitic spirits. So mm -hmm. you got any final comments on this movie before we move on? No. No, I'm just that. I don't like addicts. <laughs> so that was our uh, critique segment in Insidious. And stick around because the next segment is our academic segment. And like I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about astral projection. Alright everybody, so if this is the first time you're listening to us, we do have something called an academic segment, which is this one right now, in which Monica and myself try to discuss something that we found in a movie or seen in a movie that we can tie into quote-unquote real life. Okay. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I say quote-unquote because, I mean, this is all alleged. I mean, of course, Monica and I are believers in Supernatural. You don't have to be to enjoy listening mm -hmm. to our podcast because... We always try to provide a scientific angle to this because I think we mentioned before also, my friend, that while, I mean, at least in my case, I believe in supernatural, but that's not the default explanation for anything that I come across, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, perfect example would be like if I hear noises in my house, it's probably one of my cats. I don't think it's like a ghost or anything, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I go, I go to be like, oh, it's a ghost, but then I'm like, nah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You you debunk yourself immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm too boring. Okay, so now <laughs> in the movie they talk about astral projection, mm -hmm. which uh, I'll, I'll go into in a little bit. But apparently there is a distinction between astral projection and out of body experiences. Now, if I were to ask you, my friend, without telling you any information. What do you think might be a difference between both of these phenomena or occurrences? With astral projection, you're like exploring. You can visit different places, out of body experience. What I think of is like, you're just looking at yourself beside yourself. Okay. You're not actually going anywhere. All right, and that's partially true. I mean, according to the source that I found here, uh, this is an article on a webpage called healthline.com. They describe out-of-body experiences as accounts from people in which they describe feeling themselves floating outside of their body, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, or an altered perception of their world. And this basically means that they're looking from a different vantage point. So they're looking at their home or their room or, or people around them, but from a, an outside perspective. So it's not 
from their eyes, it's like from a corner yeah. of the room or, or from the top of the room, for example. So like looking down at stuff, like it's kind of like when people have that whole thing where like they're dying in a hospital and they're getting like CPR done to them. Oh yeah. And they see their their body being like uh, trying to bring br trying to be brought back to life. Yeah. Yeah, by the doctors, by the medical team. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's a sense of that happening to you and it's a very real according to their experiences they, they account or their accounts reflect that they feel like this actually happened like i saw myself floating out of my body as i was close to death and i looked down and the doctors were like giving me cpr or putting me in the respirator or whatever and then they brought me back so i came back down according to this they don't last very long now if you have a medical condition for example like epilepsy they're more likely to experience these types of things but most people, if if at all, have this happen to them maybe once in their lifetime. Right? Yeah. So it's a relatively rare, rare occurrence. Now, they do have some possible medical explanations for this. So they have, like we mentioned earlier, epilepsy. Or they also describe extreme stress or trauma, maybe like some sort of PTSD, for example. Mm-hmm. Migraines, cardiac arrest, so a heart attack, brain injuries, depression anxiety a syndrome called i believe i'm gonna butcher this but it's called guillain-barre syndrome and it's basically mm -hmm. an autoimmune disorder that that causes your t-cells in your in your immune system to attack your nerves so it can actually cause paralysis oh. in some people wow they lose control of their, of their nerves and it's treatable but it's not always curable mm -hmm. and also they mentioned dissociative disorders so like what used to be called split personality mm -hmm, and it's mm -hmm. now called dissociative disorders in the dsm-5 i believe i believe the world of psychology is now in the dsm-5 when i was in school it was a dsm-4 they update this book every like 20 25 years maybe mm. i think on psychological definitions and stuff like that now they also connect this to sleep paralysis that's interesting because i want to bring that up later hopefully if i if i don't forget I've had that before, it's not fun. Near-death experiences, drugs or medication, <laughs> hypnosis, brain stimulation, dehydration, electric shock, and also sensory deprivation. Have you? Would you ever do one of those tanks? Fuck no. <laughs> I feel like I would go in there and as soon as it started kicking in, like, I start to, like, realize that I'm just listening to me and nothing else. I'd freak out. I'd panic. I'd probably, like, have a panic attack. I got electrocuted once for plugging in this one of my radios, like, radio that I had into a wall that wasn't properly wired in my house. My mom was remodeling. I guess it was, like, an out-of-body experience because, like, I kind of... I was in another dimension for sure, though, because I felt like I was in, like, limbo or something. And I saw my grandma there, my dad's mom. And we were talking and stuff, and she had already passed, you know, this had been years since she had passed. And uh, I saw her, and I was, like, telling her that I was sorry that I didn't get to see her before she died. I told her that I wanted to go with her, right? I, I was crying. I woke up crying, because I was crying because I wanted to go with her. She's like, no, it's not your time yet. Like, you're, no, you still got, you still got a lot to go. Like, you, I can't take you with me. Like, you're not ready. And I was like, yeah, I am. I was like, I want to go. And she's like, no, you can't. You can't it's not your time it was kind of really weird because like i remember kind of like seeing her and it was like 
we were like ghosts or something. We weren't solid. You know, it just looked like we were like spirits talking to each other on this plane or dimension or whatever. And then she, she was, and I was, I was telling her, I want to go with you. She was telling me no. She was like fading away. And then I woke up all like, what the fuck? And I don't think it was that long because I think I looked at the clock and not a lot of time had passed. And I remember hearing the freaking Titanic song for some reason. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it was playing on the radio. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, I guess it worked or something. I don't know. But yeah, dude, I, I electrocuted myself to the point where I passed out. I was alone too. Like nobody was there. My mom, I think I was by myself. I don't know if anyone was home or where everybody was, but they weren't in the room where I was at. It might have been like in the living room or something. So nobody saw anything. Nobody saw me pass out. I kind of, and I don't think I told anybody. I was just kind of like, I'm not going to say shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep it to myself because I don't even know if what just happened was real or if I imagined it. I swear I freaking died for like a second or something and I saw my grandma and then I came back and I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they do say that time is relative sometimes. Like mm -hmm. when you're having an experience like that, that you feel like it's an hour but it's like a second or whatever yeah so. that's kind of, that's kind of what it was like yeah because i felt like i was talking to her for a while and then i just woke up you know and, and i know i did pass out because i was like conscious when i plugged that thing in and i woke up on the floor and i was like what just happened like <laughs> yeah it's crazy I didn't use that plug anymore. You know, that's... Yeah, understandable, <laughs> so. I, I understand it, my friend. <laughs> you would not <laughs> want to do that anymore. But I did find something else in a different webpage called Gaia.com, like Earth, Gaia. Uh-huh. And there's a, a couple of, of guidelines on, on how to learn how to do astral projection on your own. Uh -huh. So they mentioned two methods they do have one from something called the monroe institute and i went to their webpage uh-huh it looks very new agey and if you're into that kind of thing that's cool i mean we don't, we don't judge anybody here yeah but it, it looks kind of like yeah you know your body is not your limit like or don't limit yourself by by the confines of your body and you're more than just a, a piece of meat or something i mean they don't say it like that but mm -hmm. basically, that's the idea that that's the idea you. right so I was kind of just skimming through their things. I mean, I, I didn't really read too much, but they, in this page, Gaia.com, they do kind of paraphrase their method into like seven steps. Okay. So step one would be to relax yourself both physically and mentally. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> step two, enter a state of half sleep. So that, that kind of like you're, when you're kind of like drowsing off, but not quite. Yeah. So you somehow voluntarily, mind you, get to this point, which I, I can never do. Yeah. Step three is to deepen that state by prioritizing mental sensation over physical sensation. So kind of try to like not mind your body that much anymore, mm -hmm. I guess. Step four is to pay attention to the presence of vibration in your environment. So I guess you're going to start seeing things vibrating around you, like the furniture or your bed or something. I don't know. Or feeling it or hearing it, probably. Yeah. Step five would be to incur that vibration into your physical body and relax into it. So you just kind of give into it. Right? Mm. And this is going to help your astral body get out of your physical body. 
Step six is to focus your thoughts on, on not feeling your limbs or torso and just kind of do it one at a time. So your hand, your arms, your feet, etc. And by step seven, you should have successfully feel like you're lifting out of your body and you can do this with little to no effort at this point. I mean, I, I've read about this before because um, I was curious about it, but no, like I've had time, like literally just yesterday, two days ago, I was in that half dream, half like awake state uh -huh. and I felt my body was like, I couldn't move my body, like I was paralyzed and I've already had really vivid dreams where I'm in my room and I wake up like that and there's like something on top of me like a demon or something or like a shadow person or they're like in the corner of the room and I have to remind myself that it's not real so that I can wake up because it's hard and literally like a day or two ago I kind of like caught myself in that moment and I was able to wake myself up completely Mm -hmm. Before, because I could feel something bad was going to happen, or I was going to see something that I didn't want to see. And I was like, uh-uh, no, wake the f*** up. No, not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back to sleep. But I tried not to think about whatever, like, about being in that state, because I felt like if I did, I was going to go back to it. It's scary, dude. I wouldn't want to, like, follow all those steps and then do it and mm -hmm. then not be able to come back. I remember, like, I was having this dream that I was in my, I woke up in my room mm -hmm. and I couldn't move. So it's sleep paralysis, right? Mm -hmm. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. Like I was kind of like, like having a hard time, you know, catching my breath. Yeah. And I could somehow see past the window, my window. I always have the curtains like, you know, I, I can't see outside. Yeah. I don't like being able to see outside because I, that means that somebody can see into my room. Right. So I never open my curtains. Like I, I never, I always keep, you know, shut everything out. Mm -hmm. But I could somehow see past the curtains across the street from my house. And I saw this man with a black coat and a, and a hat with a briefcase looking at me through my window, through my curtains, which are closed. So I saw him and he saw me looking at him. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he like, runs to my front because the way my my room is i'm in the very front of the house yeah and i live in a cul-de-sac so it's a very chill street there's nobody that comes in here that doesn't have to be here yeah so across the street we have another house but that house we face their side okay so we don't face the front of their house we face mm -hmm. the side. so there's a fence yeah i can't see into their property and they can't see into ours because they have the fence. So this guy was standing in front of that fence across the street from my house and he saw me looking at him from the from the window and he saw me like do that and so he runs to my front door and he starts banging it like into my, yeah. my and we have a a gate like a metal gate mm -hmm. into, so we have that and then we have the main door and then of course you can come into our house. Yeah. And he was banging through the metal gate and he somehow like got through it. <gasps> and so he got into my room and I still couldn't move. And he opened the door to my room and I saw him looking at me and he came like to my bed and he like looked at me and I kind of saw him reaching down and at that point I was like, oh, hell no. So I, I, I like started like trying, trying to, wake, to move, yeah. trying to wake myself up and at that point I, I regained 
full control of my body. And, yeah. and he disappeared. That's crazy, dude. I want to call it a dream. I don't want to call it like a natural like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've had I've had dreams like that where they're like so vivid that I don't. I mean, I say that they're that they're dreams, but I I mean, I honestly can't tell. For real, for real, I can't. For all I know, they were real. That's just what I'm telling myself so that my brain doesn't break. Yeah, I mean, we could really do a whole episode of stories that we have back and forth. I mean, yeah, for sure. But yeah. I, I'll just limit myself to that one for now because i do want to at some point do a, an episode on sleep paralysis i don't know about you i'm down dude because i've had a lot of that and before we conclude the segment my friend i do have one more thing to say i do or i did read in this page also that nicotine has specific effects on on your brain also so not smoking but the patch uh-huh so some people report that they have had out-of-body experiences when they leave the patch on for too long well yeah because it's like an overdose of nicotine and it's chemicals they report that it causes hyper-realistic but bizarre dreams that are so outrageous that many simply say to themselves omg this must be a dream <laughs> right dude i think i think there was a thing there was a yeah like back in the day where kids would get those Oh, yeah. I remember I remember getting some because I don't know who in my family was trying to stop smoking. It might have been my dad. And I remember taking them and like, I don't remember if I tried it on. I think I did, but I took it off real quick because I was scared. But I, I had friends who would put those things on just because they would get like a little high from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was a thing back then. Like, because I mean, those things were huge back then. Like, oh, yeah. Everybody was using nicotine patches. The late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or as people call them, the dark ages. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the early, the early, uh, what is it called? Nineteen hundred, the late nineteen hundreds. <laughs> the, <laughs> the years before Facebook and social media. Imagine, oh my yeah. god, before the internet existed, before <laughs> no, before social media existed. Yeah, really, yeah. yeah portable, so, compact okay. internet on your palm. I don't, I don't think people like could conceive of a world without those things, and that's a whole different mm -hmm. topic. But I know. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> We've seen it all. Uh, yeah, so that was our academic segment. Do you have any other comments, my friend? Nope. Alright, cool. So we can go ahead and move into our uh, No Than Anime segment, which is right after these messages. Okay, everybody, so our No Dying Enemy segment is next, and in this one, Monica and I kind of dissect the villain of the movie and try to understand their motivations, their backstory, their origins, etc, etc, etc. So, <laughs> Monica, there was a whole bunch of spirits or parasites or whatever they're called in this movie. And I want to focus on the main one, which is the red-faced demon. Mm -hmm. Because you could argue that the old lady is also like a main antagonist, but I think that was more of a setup for the sequel. Yeah. So I, I want to leave her in case we do decide to do part two at some point in this in this franchise. I want to leave her for that. 
So I want to focus on the red face demon because he's the one that captures Dalton's spirit. I mean, we see him chained up in this lair, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. He has him trapped mm-hmm. as a prisoner. Yeah, so the classification, we do have a system of classifying villains and devised by me. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this character would fit the spectral, demonic, or supernatural category. Yes. Because he is a demon for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. What about his backstory? You don't really hear too much about it, right? No, um, just that he's a really bad guy, and he's the closest to the kid to be able to possess him, basically. Yeah, and of course he lives in, in the further, like we mentioned, the, this place that mm-hmm. Elise describes as the realm where the spirits live after they move on from life. Mm-hmm. And he's one of the most powerful ones there, apparently. Yeah. Now, his motivation or goal, would you say that it's basically to gain control of Dalton's body? So he can carry out his dastardly deeds. Yes. <laughs> he actually succeeds at some point. He he succeeds for like a minute. Yeah, because he's like basically using the kid as a puppet to like wreak havoc. Yeah, and that one scene where the kid gets up from the bed, he's still like unconscious or whatever, but he's being possessed by this red-faced demon and he slaps everybody around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, man- he manhandles everyone. <laughs> He's like, not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so the one of the guys in, in the team, in the investigative team, he catches that in the video. Yeah. And you see him like behind the boy, kind of like moving his arms around. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that song. That's I think the hint of, of or like his little theme song, right? Yeah. Cause the little the other the little man plays it, you know, when they're in that second house. That weird guy plays it and he's dancing, super creepy. And then we hear the demon guy playing it in his lair. And that's like his like favorite jam. <laughs> he's going hard on his like filing his nails and shit and jamming out to the song. That's his ins mode song. It's so creepy, dude. That song is so scary. I think a lot of old-timey songs are like that. Yeah. It's just like the way that the sound's involved in it. Like, the distortion, distorted, like... I don't know if it's because, like, how things were recorded back then, right? Like, the yeah. technology that they had. It would warp the sound. Yeah. So, the warping is what makes it creepy. Yeah, especially if you play it in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. In a dark room. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. So, yeah, that's like his little... His calling card, I guess, is the song. And, of course, you'll hear disinvited voices. There's one scene in the beginning, or towards the beginning of the movie, where Bay Rose Byrne, hears a voice coming from the baby monitor. Yeah. And some stuff happens to move around. I mean, doors open and shut by, the, by themselves. I think that's that's some of his little signature moves that he's walking around the house. And as far as his abilities, I think the only thing that I was able to find is that he becomes more powerful as the spirit of Dalton is spending more time in the further. Yeah. Because he's he's losing the connection uh, to his body, to his meat suit. So this guy gains the ability to cross over into our world more easily, and you see that when he controls the boy at the, in that one scene where they're doing that little silence thing. Yeah. And I guess as far as weaknesses go, we can say that he needs 
time for this to take place. He can't do it like immediately. He, he needs to wait a yeah. long time because he's not that powerful. Mm -hmm. We see that there's a, a time lapse of I want to say three months. Yeah. Between when the boy goes into his state, the coma state, whatever, and the first creepy things start happening. So I want to say maybe about three, four months happen overall through the course of this movie. Yeah. So it's a long time, dude. It is. I'm just waiting for a chance for you to like become powerful enough to gain possession of this kid. Homeboy was really set in his goals. He was very <laughs> focused, determined. I mean, I guess when you're a demon, time is like, eh, like three months is like a second. Whatever. Time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, what is your opinion of the red face demon as a character? Like, do you like his design? I mean, yeah. I just don't. The hooves. I think I could have done with could have done without the hooves. I get that he's a demon, but it just kind of made me think of like the devil, which maybe that's what they wanted to make it creepier. But I don't think it was necessary. I think he's like, like I mentioned earlier, a weird mixture of like Freddy Krueger and the devil, and like yeah, because it, it does look like hell and the hooves mm -hmm. especially, yeah, and then of course the the blades in his fingers and everything. I think he looks scarier in the sketch the guy made when they're doing that seance thing, or, or when she's like telling him how to sketch him. Yeah, he was scarier when the mom of the guy was describing him. At first, I thought that his claws were like part of his body, not like little jewelry that he put on uh-huh like a blade like a finger or a glove a finger <laughs> a glove <laughs> yeah so what do you think he would have done if he was able to possess dalton permanently kill the entire family and then they wouldn't have been able to explain it kid would have gone into an orphanage where he would have killed more people and become like a serial killer chan 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 Mm -hmm. That's an interesting take on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, like, blame the little kid. Yeah, they're not. They're gonna be like, no, no, a child could not murder his entire family. Not I that mean, young. I mean, his fingertips are, or his fingerprints are on the blade, and he's covered in blood, exactly. but it wasn't him. <laughs> There's no way he could have done this. I think he would have done that, but I also, also think he would have probably opened the portal for these people to come, or the, more spirits yeah. to come through. That too. Because you see them at some point, they're all kind of like trying to mob the the family. Yeah. They're all trying to come into the, into our world, and I think if he had been able to possess Dalton permanently, he would have been able to open some sort of portal to this realm mm -hmm. and al allow more of his bros to come over. And, <laughs> and <laughs> wreak havoc yes. in the world of living. So, how many skulls in the scare meter does this villain get, my free my friend? I'm gonna go with seven because he's a real threat. I want to say seven as well, only because it takes forever for him to become powerful enough to yeah. to cross over. Mhm. Mm so yeah, that's cool. I mean, that's one of the first times that we agree on the score. I think. I know. <laughs> usually you're like, <laughs> usually you're like, I give this guy a two, and I'm like, dude, a two? I give him something like like an eight, and then or the opposite, you know, or like I go really high and you go really low. We're like polar opposites, usually. <laughs> so that's cool. I think it's it's a cool thing that we agree on this score, my friends. So any yeah. final comments on the red-faced demon as the enemy of this movie? Nope. I would never want to see that thing in the corner of my room. For sure. <laughs> I think the, the design was uh, one of the things that didn't age for me as well, or that didn't age well for me for this movie. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. I mean, he still looks creepy, but I mean, me being 10 years younger back then, I was like 26 when I saw this movie. I think I was still like, <gasps> like, <clears throat> but then I was like, eh. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't that scared of the of the guy. I was more scared of like the other ghosts. All right, so that was our uh, No Dying Enemy segment. Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you have any other comments, questions, suggestions about this, you can go ahead and email us, get a hold of us, and let us know your thoughts. And we'll be right back with a closing remarks for episode after this break right here. Okay, everybody, and Monica and myself, we are once again at the end of our podcast, so the sad face for tonight once again. <laughs> I want to thank everybody that stopped by to listen in. Thank you guys very much. If you're a first-time listener, thank you. We hope you enjoyed it and that you come back for more. You can go back and browse our library of past episodes and you hopefully find something that you will enjoy. And if you're a repeat listener, thank you for your continued allegiance to the EMBL squad. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to give some shout-outs, by the way. Twitter has been in, in mode for the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. As we've been talking about for the past few episodes. And I want to give some shout-outs to specific people on her. Did you know, my friend, I don't think you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that we became the answer for a Twitter Jeopardy game. What? Yeah. That's cool. So, and, and no, mind you, I think we were Final Jeopardy, actually. So. Wow. That was like, like, elevated status. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a user by the name of uh, Sudden BWBS, they're also a um, podcast, I believe. But they kind of do this thing where, like, they kind of try to get people involved and promote shows and everything, so... He asks questions in the style, or, or he gives answers rather in the style of Jeopardy, and the one that gives the right question wins, uh-huh. and they move on to the next round, right? So we were actually the question rather <laughs> to Uh-oh. to their nice. answer on their Twitter Jeopardy game. So that was that was fun, dude. That was that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I can't thank that person enough because that made my day when I saw it. I was like, <gasps> my life's complete. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So, thank you very much. I do believe we might be giving them some stickers just for, for that. Yeah, so, yeah, I want to run that by you, by the way. Before I, yeah. <laughs> before I, I do a, an executive decision on this. <laughs> but, yeah, so we'll be sending them out stickers in their direction sometime soon. So, yeah, thank you very much for that mention, that shout out. It was awesome. Yes! <laughs> We may not sound excited, but I mean, I'm a little drunk and she's a little not sober, also. <laughs> but we are beyond excited. Thank you very much. Yeah, for sure. And Thank you so much, guys. Some other accounts on there that have been retweeting our stuff, liking our stuff, and, and they've been really supportive so far Manic Pixie Weirdo Podcast. <laughs> nice. We have another podcast titled Round Here Podcast. They're actually close to us, or, or to me, 
They're somewhere, uh -huh. I think, in the Houston area, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, cool. And also, uh, Pixie from Next on Stage 1, we got her stickers in the mail the other day. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting those when I go visit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually made a post on Instagram about that. I, I put one of those in in my guitar pedal board, so it's like in this aluminum uh -huh. case that I put my pedals yeah. in, that I carry to my gig. So that's that's cool. Nice. And I put another one in my workstation, so I have the sticker right there, like next to me right now, actually, as we're speaking. That's cool. And yours, my friend, will be in your possession when you visit me. Awesome. In a, <laughs> in a few weeks. So thank you, Pixie, for that. That was awesome. We appreciate your stickers. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, I think she also sent us a postcard, so... Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, but I'm keeping that, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a picture of it for you. All right, sounds good. I'll print it. How about you, my friend? Any shout-outs? Just to everybody. Like, I never really have shout-outs. <laughs> I know, dude. But, um, you know, just... Everybody that's already listening again, thank you guys. Keep listening, share, 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 share. And let us know if you guys have any suggestions, anything you want to listen to, like specific movies, stories, and we will get right on that. Yes, and also, by the way, if you want to tell us something that you maybe didn't enjoy too much about our podcast, let us know if you think yep. we can change something. We will take that into consideration because we are at our current format, by the way, of doing things because of feedback from our audience so yes people that were telling us hey man this is cool but this isn't so great so how about you do this and, and we took those ideas into consideration and we changed our format mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> to, to the point I, I think we're at a good point right now like the way that we're doing mm -hmm. things I do still want to incorporate video at some point my friend so yeah uh, I, I wish I was a, a, a technology wizard but I'm not so yeah I need to get on that we all right, so let's go ahead and remind the audience, Monica, once again, of her social media accounts. We have our Facebook under Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. We have our Instagram under Myths Behind LGDS. Our Twitter is Myths Behind LGDS, and you can also email us at MythsBehindLegends at gmail.com. Okay, and our letterbox is under Myths Behind LGDS, and that is, once again, a movie blog type of place where you can review movies. You can share those reviews with the followers. You can make lists of movies that you like, that you don't like. Movies, I mean, you can make a list about anything, really. Make movies with a certain actor that you like or don't like. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have the watch list there, so if you want to give us a suggestion to put in there, if you want to pick a movie for us to review, we can do that out of the ones that we have there. And Monica's favorite time of the whole entire episode it's <laughs> once <Yay>! again <laughs> once again our website url which is <clears throat> myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot mailchimp sites dot com so that is our website on there. You can find a whole bunch of different things. You can find a picture gallery, pictures that I took from the internet <laughs> and <laughs> edited to make them creepier. I mean, I did take them from a royalty-free page, so I'm okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not claiming any of those pictures of my own, mind you. I just changed a couple of things, like the color schemes or added some filters or... Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not a Photoshop guy. <laughs> <laughs> I use this program right. called and this is a funny name for a program it's called the gimp but mm -hmm. the, uh, <laughs> if you ever see pulp fiction the gimp is like this guy that dresses mm -hmm. in like leather and like uh, that's not what this is 
<laughs> this program that is called Game, the logo is like a little puppy or something like a dog or something like that. And uh -huh. I can go in there and manipulate pictures to my limits, which is not very much. But, you know, I do what I can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> With my my limited knowledge and, and of both photo editing and this software because this software is, is pretty cool dude i mean i don't think you can do everything that you can do in photoshop but it's pretty close and it was a free program so nice i mean it's awesome the time has come my friend to ask you for the hint of the next episode by the way <laughs> i was completely forgetting <laughs> that <laughs> this is the season three finale my friend Dang! We are at episode 39. How do you feel? I don't know. Uh, accomplished? <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe this is season three, right? Yeah. Damn, dude. It's crazy. Time flies. Yeah, we're doing 13 episode seasons to keep them a little yeah. bit shorter. I mean, mind you, our episodes are like over an hour long, so you still have right. like, uh, like 20 hours of content per season. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, dude, I mean, I can't believe it's it's been going on for this long already, and I feel like you, I feel accomplished, I feel like we are finally at what I envisioned when I first started this podcast with you. Mm-hmm. This is kind of more what I had in mind, because in the beginning, we're kind of, like, still trying to find our footing, I guess, kind of trying to figure things out, and I feel like that wasn't really us. Yeah. As far as the way you and I talk, because we're kind of trying to do it, like, more formal, yeah and more scientific and, and like more like documentary type of style i guess like pbs mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was cool and everything but i felt like we weren't like being ourselves as far as commentators or anything like that so the way you and i talk in, in real life is the way that i think we're we've gotten to this point i think maybe in the past 15 episodes or so like episode 18 or whatever that's kind of where i think we kind of started doing our, our, our yeah. thing like so yeah, dude, it, it's been a ride. I mean, sometimes I, I don't do it very often, <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, let me listen to one of our old episodes. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of cringe at that. But yeah, I, I don't do it very often for that reason because I, I well, for one, it's like, eh, you know, but mm -hmm. two, it's like, I don't want to like think of, of the negative place we were in. <laughs> I, I think we were just trying a little too hard and we finally got our groove, you know, so things are good. We've we've grown a lot. Yes. In these last couple of episodes. I think this season. I think this has been probably our best one. Our best one, yeah. So far. Mm -hmm. I think so. So the the, the beginning of uh, there's a song by this. I like this band called Porcupine Tree. The main guy in that band is a guy named Stephen Wilson. He's a, I think he's a musical genius. Mm -hmm. And they have a song called The Start of Something Beautiful. <laughs> but you would think it's a love song but it's not a love song it's a breakup song oh sh okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but i mean in the context of our podcast i think this is definitely the start of better things to come i don't know about you season four mm -hmm. i think looks very good in our eyes i agree i think we're gonna be doing a lot of good things in that season so yeah stick around guys <laughs> <laughs> but Going back to the hint for the oh, yeah. season four premiere, what are we doing, my friend? Well, this one's about a man who lives in a castle, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he does. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> That's a little bit generic, but I think people would have an idea who this guy is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, classic. Uh, classic. <laughs> <laughs> Intent. I, I like I like this movie a lot. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite movies I think of all time. I haven't seen it in a really long time, so I don't remember it at all. I own the DVD, bro. So I mean, <sighs> dang. <laughs> Real fan right that's there. A, a lifelong commitment there. <laughs> <laughs> so Thanks. that was our episode tonight, my friend. Any final comments on season three? Or this episode in general? Uh, no, but it was a good movie. It really was. Insidious, yes. I definitely recommend it. If yeah. you are, are a fan of ghost stories or haunted house stories, I mean, quote-unquote, because it's not about a house. But yeah, if you like that kind of stuff, I do think this would be right up your alley. Uh, Monica and I gave this an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Parasitic ghosts. So, yep. EMBL stamp of approval. whatever that might mean to you (laughs) so thank you very much for listening once again we will see you on the next one and until then have a good one bye